Thank you for joining me on the Dr. Lori Marbus podcast. This is Tim and Heather Kaufman, and they have a wonderful story to share of how a plant-based diet has changed their lives. And how are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Thank you for having us. No, thank you both. And, and a special thank you to Heather for coming on. This is her first uh, joint interview with her husband. So I really appreciate you guys doing this together. All right. So, Tim, why don't we get started with you and just kind of tell us how you came about this and kind of your backstory of how it all progressed to the point you felt like you needed to lose weight. Um, yeah, I actually, um, before we even get going here, I always like to start uh, an interview out with, um, I have a, like an amazing story and I'm not trying to take away from it, but um, I feel like that this is out there for anyone and everything I did was 100% repeatable. You know, I didn't do anything special. There's nothing special about me. Um, in fact, in some of my uh, presentations, I just say I'm literally a fat guy that ate a bunch of apples. Um, and if I didn't believe that, I'd be wasting your time and my time. So I just want, you know, your listeners to understand that this is, there's nothing special about what I did. So well, that's usually where I start. But It's a great uh, statement to say up front because it'll take away any fear. Like, well, that guy is special. He could do that and I can't. So I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, so, um, basically my wife and I, um, we started going together at a young age. We got married at a young age. Um, I had just turned 20 and she was 20 and, um, life started out kind of like, I think a lot of people's life starts out. Um, we were busy, you know, trying to, to pay bills and start a family. Um, and I had a job in a factory. I did manual labor. Most of my life I grew up on a farm. Um, but while I was growing up, I noticed that, um, you know, I would, I would sprain my ankle a lot and, you know, I'd blow out my knee a lot. Um, and we used to chalk it up kind of like, um, being a clot or accident prone, you know, I was always twisting something or always, you know, ace bandages around everything. Um, but as I got older in the factory, I started noticing that this wasn't just me being clumsy. I would reach up to get a pendant for a, a cranium. My, my arm would dislocate and, you know, and it got bad enough that I would actually sneeze and my shoulder would dislocate. Wow. So kind of knew, you know, something wasn't right. So I went to the doctor um, and, you know, he was targeting my shoulder because that's what I was complaining about. Um, and they went in there to do a surgery called an arthroplasty. And it's where they pull up the ligaments and tendons and they kind of fold them over each other and then stitch them to kind of tighten that whole capsule back up. What they noticed when they uh, got in there, um, my the ligaments were super stretchy. So um, with a little bit of research and they checked, you know, other joints in my body, they found out I had a condition called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Um, and my sister also has this, and she's out in Connecticut. So she actually went to Yale to get, you know, the genetic testing and stuff. Um, so basically what it is is the collagen in my body is, is super elastic, um, and it stretches more than it should. And so um, I sprained my ankles and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but what that kind of started was this whole idea of, my joints are worn out, and even if they would fix them, even if they would give me, say, a knee replacement, um, that wouldn't really solve a problem because my knee was getting worn out from what was holding it together and not the actual joint itself. So it started me on the road of uh, painkillers and advice to just 
you're on minimal time with these joints and use them as little as possible. And um, maybe you should think about a career change. So I went back to school to become a teacher um, and get a more sedentary job that I wasn't using my body for leverage. Um, and obviously a lot of pain came with this. Um, if, if you can imagine spraining your ankle like a couple times a week and then walking on it, a lot of inflammation. So, you know, I started on a path in my early 20s down, you know, controlled substances and um, you build up a tolerance. And, you know, I started with lower tabs and, you know, by the time I was into my mid 30s, I was on fentanyl, pretty much a constant supply of fentanyl, along with a lot of other things. Um, and then I think all that mixed with the busyness of life, um, you know, raising two small children and, you know, getting them to practices and all that. We got really busy, you know, trying to keep up with life. And we started, we found ourselves <laughs> eating out, what, four, four days a week sometimes, um, you know, going out to dinner on the weekends. And I found fast food. Um, I was eating fast food at least three times a day, um, breakfast every morning on the way to work. And then I'd get lunch. And then usually on the way home before dinner, before we'd pick up takeout, I would grab, you know, something, you know, a double cheeseburger or something. And I think all that kind of added up to the, the lack of movement and the more calories. And um, I ended up basically that my life consisted of a couch and garbage food. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, painkillers alone... There's more people who die of overdoses of painkillers than heroin right now in the United States. And um, that's incredible, especially with the Erlos Danlos. I've had a few patients with that myself and uh, diagnosed actually a little girl who was two with it. Really interesting. Hypermobile joints, all sorts of issues. Um, so here you are. You're how old at this point, would you say, that you hit, kind of hit the climax of your, your struggles? Well, probably... Um I was around 38 years old. 30. Um, I was over 400. The doctor couldn't weigh me um, because I, I was over 400. Um, my metabolic numbers were like crazy. My blood pressure was 255 over 115. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, that was on a beta blocker, calcium channel blocker. Um, I was on Indocin, you know, a, a lot of it to the point where they were afraid for my stomach. Um, and actually, when... Um, recently my doctor was interviewed about me and, um, he said 10 years ago, his job, his 30 day job, his goal was to keep me out of a wheelchair. And 10 years ago, he couldn't believe that I was still up moving, you know, at 400 pounds with this joint condition. So I was on a lot of medicines. Uh, cholesterol was, you know, always over 300 triglycerides were, I believe 259 or 279, 279. Um, I was a mess and I was addicted to painkillers. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't get enough of them because I wanted to be out of pain. Wow. So Heather, when did you guys meet? We'll get back, we'll get up to his story where you left off. Well, we met when we were 13 and 14 and wow. we met a church group and we also went to school together. So. Wonderful. So then you guys got married at what age? Uh, 20. Oh my, your babies. Because <laughs> <laughs> how old your daughter now? 19. 19. Oh, wow. You look back, as it seem like, wow, that was so young? Because I was 22. Well, our, our son is 22. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> to him and to think, 
I don't think he'd be doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm able to handle it. <laughs> exactly. How we did it. Exactly. We did it. <laughs> so I heard Tim's kind of progress through here. So tell me how this affected you or did it or what were you thinking during this whole time as his wife and, you know, mom of his kiddos and worried about his health? Um, you know, we, we ate poorly. So I think a lot of it also was the fast, the fastest thing you can make or have when you have kids, you know, that's what you did. So with him being diagnosed with that, I guess I just did what I had to do. You don't take care of me, the kids and, and Tim. And, um, it wasn't easy. I just did what I had to do. I mean, Lots of times I get a little aggravated with him. We'd go to church or something, and I'd be hitting him because he'd be falling asleep in church, and it wasn't even the preaching part yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be snoring, and I'd be like, wake up. But, you know, it was yeah. because of all the medicines, and, you know, he was sweating all the time, and I, I, I felt bad for him, but I just figured this is, I guess, how it it goes. And I was concerned for him. But I don't think, I know he wouldn't have listened to anything I had to say. And, you know, I was overweight, too. So, I mean, I wasn't as bad at eating. I mean, I had a few salads here or there, you know. I didn't eat as much bad stuff like he did all day. But I still, you know, ate bad. But I was concerned with with his health. But I know he wouldn't have listened to what I had to say anyway. And she's not being all the way honest or, or she's skipping it. Um, there were things that, I mean, at 20 years old, when we got married, I was a a strong kid, you know, and you know, she signed up to have me protect and provide for her. And that was my job. And by the time I was 38, um, I think what she's alluding to that she had a lot of stuff to do, um, instead of me being outside, you know, mowing the lawn or taking the garbage out, you know, I'd be upstairs with ice on my knees we have, you know, she's trying to take care of kids and then she's running outside to do the lawn. So, you know, a a lot of times people see a 400 pound person and and they understand that, yeah, you know, you're out of breath going upstairs. And, you know, if you could take your weight and add whatever to it to make 400 pounds, life is hard. And that's the things that you see. That's the physical things. But the reality is um, the emotional things were a lot harder things like what she's talking about, you know, um, having her mow the lawn while I'm sitting there watching Netflix, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily because that's what I wanted to do. It's just, I couldn't, I couldn't get out there. I couldn't help her. And, you know, things like getting the kids and, you know, even you, it got to the point where, um, even where we rode in the car was dictated by how long we were going to be. I would get so nauseous from all the pain medicine. I would get car sick in 15 minutes. So it's constantly pulling over to let me, you know, it's gross, but let me vomit out the window. You know, we got real good at, okay, now pull over. Um, our, our life, you know, again, I think she's being too nice, but our life was ruled, you know, by the pain medicine and the obesity and, and the medical right. issues. And it really was. visit our friends in Tennessee because it would have been too long of a ride for you. Right. Wow. So right. your family in Tennessee or you said friends, friends and family? Uh, very close friends and there were many times we wanted to visit them but we just couldn't it would just been too much we would have had to stop way too many times for him wow 
So the 400 pounds wasn't just you physically. It weighed on your family. It weighed on your abilities and your dreams. And I mean, so they were carrying the load with you, basically. You know, and then, you know, the, the physical stuff kind of kind of gives way to the emotional stuff. I'm, I'm walking in the mall, you know, with my wife and, you know, I know people are looking and, you know, if you have to sit down somewhere, things probably one of the this was a terrible, a terrible day, but we were going um, we were at the Henry Ford Museum and it was time for breakfast. And, you know, we went down there to sit, you know, take the kids to a nice breakfast and I can remember trying to get in a chair, and it it just wasn't happening. Um, so we actually, I think we swapped a chair. We had to actually go to another room and swap a chair out. And you know, I Heather could tell I was kind of hurt by it, but you know, at the same time, she's oh, don't worry about it. The chairs are small or whatever. But I mean, that stuff, that stuff. I mean, yeah, you go to a dark place. There's there's no doubt about it. Right. And Heather, how did that day affect you? What were you thinking? Um, I felt bad for him. I just, you know, tried to do, I guess, what I always did was just to make things easy for him, whatever I could do to help him. Right. Um, I felt bad for him, I, but I didn't want to let him know how I felt because I knew he felt bad, you know. Right. Wow. Um, so during that time, you are still eating you said fast food three times a day. Um, were you at this time? Were you a teacher? Uh, yeah, and I think honestly, that's where the whole you know that's where it really ramped up is when I stopped having to go like you know because I I just had a very physical job and it hurt, but I, at least I was moving. And then when I started teaching, I mean, you can get real lazy teaching. <laughs> uh, you know, right right now the kids think I'm an acrobat around the room, but that's not how I used to teach. I used to teach in a chair most of the time. Um, so yeah, w once I started teaching, the weight really started going on because you know I I'm in my office anytime I want to, and you know where the other place you know you have scheduled lunch and that, and so I was able to just eat and do you know as little as possible to get through the day. So it really packed on. Wow. So you. You were at the highest was your weight was at around close to 400 pounds. Right. With a host of medications, painkillers, chronic pain, um, really struggling to, you know, do them, what you felt was the manly jobs and get that stuff done. I mean, that is, there are so many people suffering from that. Um, just chronic pain and just in general, everything you're describing. So you've you basically reached this pinnacle. So what was the moment that you're like, Enough is enough, and you made the decision to change. <clears throat> um, yeah, and just a little quick thing on, sure. on the thing. I mean, knowing, you know, I look back now, and it's easy for me to lose sight of what it was like to be in pain because I had legitimate pain. Um, there were there were sometimes, you know, four and five days where I would literally not sleep at all. And that does something to you. That changes who you are. I mean, it, it turned me into a monster. Um, chronic pain is a terrible, terrible thing. Um, it, it's one thing, you know, if you have pain and it goes away, but you never get away from it. Um, my, my existence became trying to find an escape. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not sure looking back, I'm not sure if I was trying to find an escape a hundred percent because of the physical pain. 
Um, but that was, you know, whatever I could use to escape from it, whether it was food or anything else, that's what I would do. <clears throat> wow. So, so what was that moment then that you finally said enough is enough? I'm, I'm done. I, I don't think it was a moment. Um, okay. I think it was a, a series of, um, you know, I, I, I like to think of them, as, you know, just a, a divine combination of events that kind of all mesh together. And, you know, I, I have a mechanical mind and I always picture it as like a tumbler for a lock and the key's got to be, every point has to be in the same spot before it turns. And, and um, I would never want to go back and recreate what turned that key. Um, but I can tell you a, a few things that definitely triggered my thinking. And I think the first thing that happened to me was uh, finding gratitude. And um, oh, this is going to be rough, but... <laughs> So, um, life is going on and, um, we're busy and we got kids that softball and basketball and getting kids for, you know, band recitals, all this stuff. And, uh, all of a sudden, um, Heather's mom got sick and, you know, we, we told you, we, we started going out at a pretty young age. So, um, our families were, were pretty close because we were always hanging out at each other's families for years. Uh, so her mom was a, uh, super, super cool lady. Um, she was Heather's best friend in the whole world. And she got like the flu, you know, and, and she just, she wasn't kicking it. It wasn't getting better. And she was actually getting worse. And um, she got so bad that, you know, she was so sick, she couldn't even get out of a chair. And we said, we got, we got to, you know, take her to the emergency room because something's wrong. So when they took her in, um, they did some blood work and, they got the results and, and she was diagnosed with leukemia. And um, we were tossed into this world that, that we knew nothing about. Um, Roswell Cancer Park, it, it's a huge place here where, you know, it's a huge medical facility that they specialize in oncology. And um, so then it became, instead of trying to get kids here and there, it was get to work and then get to Roswell to check on mom. And um, she, you know, she was really sick. And at the same time, we're struggling with that. Um, we got a phone call that my father went in for a checkup and they found out that he had kidney cancer and they gave him six months to live. Wow. And uh, during this time, um, we spent a lot of time, you know, at hospitals that I had never really spent that much time before. And you know, going up to the leukemia wing and, you know, especially like the pediatric wing, you see these little kids, you know, and they, and they lost their hair from chemo and they're wearing masks, but they're running around playing Nintendo. And, you know, I, I had fallen into a trap, a pretty selfish trap that um, in order to justify everything I was doing, I mean, I, I'm complaining all the time about, you know, my knees hurt and my braces are cutting my skin open and, you know, the crutches hurt my armpits. I had all these things that, that were wrong. And uh, I'd walk out of Roswell and think, I'm going home tonight. Like, I don't have chemo in my veins. I'm going home. And these kids aren't. And I can remember one time going up to visit Heather's mom. And she was so sick. You know, her, her job was to try to, to live for another day. I mean, she was just struggling so hard. And she was hanging on with everything she had. And I can remember her eyes opening up, and the first thing she said to me was, how's your knee? And it just, it crushed me. It 
crush me that she was worried about my knee, you know, in the condition she's in. And I really started thinking, you know what, my knees hurt, but I have legs and I can stand up and no one has to change my bedpan out. And, you know, while I'm complaining about how my ankles hurt, there's somebody getting their leg amputated because they have cancer in it. I mean, I really started, you know, finding gratitude and realizing that um, to start being thankful for what I did have instead of being bitter for what was wrong with me. And I think that was a big change that happened. Um, and, and, you know, I'll skip the details, but her mom uh, lost her battle. And um, and then my father um, that was given six months to live, he lasted six weeks and um, he lost his battle. So... You know, we buried our two best friends. My dad was everything to me. I mean, we did everything together. And, wow. Um, so it was hard. It was, I mean, it was hard. It was a, it was a dark time, and um, we tried to, tried to go on with life as, you know, as best we could. Um, and the dust kind of settled. And um, I think another big pinnacle for me was. You know, after the dust settled, the funerals were over, and, and you're trying to get back to life, you know, dealing with the pain. And um, I can remember getting ready for work one morning, and Heather had to put my socks and shoes on me. And I can remember looking down, and um, you could just, you know, you could still see the pain. And, and for a split second, I thought, I'm the next one that's going to get buried, because even if I lived another year, um, it wasn't going to look like this. I mean, if, if I had to get my socks and shoes put on this year, what's next year going to hold? Um, if I'm alive, how is she going to take care of a 400 pound guy? Mm. Um, and that really got me thinking I have to do something. Right. Wow. That, that is a very moving and powerful series of events. I mean, they really loved you. I mean, for Heather's, mom to inquire about your knees and she's fighting for her life. I mean, that, that speaks to how wonderful your families are and how blessed you are to have had them in your life. Heather, when he was talking about that day where he had to put the socks and shoes on, what were you thinking during that time? I felt bad for him. Um, but, you know, I loved him so much that I just, would, you know, didn't bother me to do that, you know. Um, I was just hoping that, you know, like I'd ask him to take walks every now and then, and, you know, I there were certain things I'd say, but like I said before, you know, what I, whatever I would say, he wouldn't have listened to me. <laughs> Tim, I I am just am I am just so excited for you. I mean, you have a wife that loves you so dearly. I. She is golden. I just love to hear how even in the darkest of times, there's so many couples that would have split or found something to fight about so they weren't be burdened with that type of thing. I think that's such a wonderful thing to hear. And now to see where you guys are, it's just it's incredible. So you were lost your dad and you lost your mom and mother-in-law and your 
you're worried about your own life at this time and you're in a darker place and you're fighting chronic pain, which in and of itself is enough to, to send someone to serious depression, what day did you decide, okay, I'm going to start? And what did you start with? What was your initial activity that led to a change? Um, well, so the, the first thing I did was, you know, go on the internet cause all the answers are there. So <laughs> I found, uh, I found some YouTube videos and, and I don't remember exactly what I was searching, maybe, you know, transformation, what, whatever I was looking for. But, um, I wanted, I figured if I got some weight off my body, it would lessen up the pain on my joints cause it put less of a load on them. So, um, I came across these guys that were getting, um, bariatric surgery and they were doing like videos of, you know, they'd be, they were my size, you know, 400 and some change. And then they'd have the surgery and a year later they're running a marathon. <clears throat> and I thought, there it is. That's what I need to do. So I called the company here in Buffalo and uh, got all the paperwork and, you know, they gave me a folder in the mail and, um, Basically, I had everything filled out. We had it scheduled for um, August 2011, I think. 2012. No, because 2012. I th it was August 2011. Um, and then all I had to do was go to my primary and have him sign off on it. And when we went there... Um, he went over everything and then he, he, I gave him the application. I had a real nice presentation all laid out for him why I needed to do this. And he said, you know what? These surgeries, um, I've signed off on every single one of them. Um, he said, but I'm not going to sign off on yours. And, um, first of all, I think he was worried about the pain medicine. I was just taking so much. Um, and you know, with my blood pressure, the way it was, he was worried about the, anesthesia. And he was also worried that if I had rapid weight loss, um, that I would lose muscle mass. And, you know, he, he thought that I would just end up in a wheelchair and never get out again. So he wouldn't sign off on it. You know, I really thought that he signed my death warrant. I, I walked out of there and I, I was, I, I was hopeless. I was absolutely hopeless. Did he give you any other advice or any other suggestions <laughs> during this time? I mean, not really, but I mean, he did, he did, you know, through the years, he, he had tried to, in a nice way, you know, he'd say like, stop eating cheese or, you know, stop eating so many olives, like, and he had like these canned diet plans that he'd always, but you know what, they would always be, always be stapled to my blood work, uh, like a standard diet would be stapled to it. And I would just toss them in the garbage on the way out anyways, because <laughs> um, I didn't want Heather to see my blood work. So um, you know, he had tried, but it's, it's the same thing. If he would have come to me with a, a specific diet, I, I wouldn't have listened anyways. You weren't ready mentally. No, no. Okay. So when I came home from the doctor, um, I literally thought he signed my death warrant. And, but I also, at the same time, I figured if there's anything I can do, um, to stop this, I have to at least try. Um, so I automatically, I think like what most people would think I have to go on a diet and, um, I hadn't really been on too many diets. I was on Atkins once and I lost like 50 pounds, but then I, I gained it all back and then some, 
Um, but my family, um, they were professional dieters growing up, and especially my mom. My mom's been on everything from the cabbage soup diet to the Tic Tac diet. Um, so I was pretty familiar with how diets work. Um, so I got out a, a little book and I started logging my calories. Um, and I, I did, I think what a lot of people do, you know, I started, uh, trading the red meat for like chicken and turkey. Um, I started, I was a, a cheeseaholic, man. I could eat cheese like nobody's business, but I traded like the cheddar cheese for like mozzarella sticks. And, 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 you know, I started eating like yogurt and things like that. Um, and the other thing I did was I started moving. I couldn't move much, but, you know, I figured if I could get out of a, out of my chair, um, which was a lot of work. I mean, I would be winded after I stood up out of a chair. I figured if I could do that once, you know, maybe I could do it twice. So I wrote that down. I'd get up in the morning and I actually wrote out a little prayer and, and, and I wrote at the top of the page, this is the first day of the rest of your life. And, uh, I just started trying to do, you know, a little thing. And, you know, this time, instead of praying for a miracle to lose weight, I just prayed for strength to just change one little thing, just enough strength for one little thing. And what happened is, you know, I'd go to work and I'd stand up and then I'd sit down and I'd stand up again. And people probably thought I was nuts. <laughs> um, but the little bit of movement I was doing and the little bit of changes I made in my food, um, you know, at 400 plus pounds, you're going to see results pretty quickly. And I did. And I started losing weight uh, pretty quickly. But at the same time, you know, I felt I still didn't feel good. I was still in pain. Um, I still wasn't sleeping. I still had, you know, acid reflux so bad I would actually aspirate at night. And um, I couldn't sleep through the night. And so I was on the couch one day and I was watching Netflix and this film came up. Um, Joe Cross is fat, sick and nearly dead. So I turned it on and... Um, it's a story about Joe Cross coming to the U.S. and he brings a juicer with him. And for 60 days, he juices um, veggies and fruit and he doesn't eat any solid food. And by the end of the film, he had gotten off almost all his medicines. He had a rare uh, immune disease and he lost like 60 pounds and he felt great. And the movie was so inspirational that I actually went and ordered a juicer before the thing was done playing and it just happened that um, the first of the year was coming up. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to go for 30 days exactly at the stroke of midnight. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to try to do this. So that would have been almost four years ago. And by day six of my juice fast, um, I slept through the night for the first time in years. I hadn't slept through the night. And. It was amazing. Like I got up in the same place that I went to bed and like, it was like, it was crazy. And, you know, by about halfway through about two weeks into it, um, I started getting more energy. I started hurting less, um, you know, things, I just felt better. I felt amazing. Um, I started doing more and, you know, Heather said she used to ask me to go for a walk. And when she would, I'd say, why, what's wrong with the car? You know, why would you walk? And we have a perfectly good vehicle in the driveway. Um, but we did, we actually, we went, our first walk was, uh, 0.74 miles and, uh, I had to get picked up because I just couldn't go anymore. 
And, you know, then it was a whole ice down thing and a couple days of being in a chair. But at any rate, I knew this juicing thing was working. Um, and I suppose, you know, looking back, probably the biggest advantage that came from that is it taught us how to go shopping. Hmm. Um, you know, instead of stopping at a, a gas station or a convenience store, the first time I made juice, I went down to the store and I brought, you know, a bag of produce home and I ran it through the juicer and it made about a quarter cup. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, we got to figure this out. So we started, you know, finding produce companies around us and, and finding out how to buy, you know, produce in, in bigger quantities. So if the, if the one thing it did, you know, it, I'm so grateful that it taught me how to actually go shopping. Right. Um, did Heather, did you do the juice fast as well? No. Okay. No, not yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, but, you know, at the same time, I knew how good I felt. I also knew that it's not sustainable. You can't drink juice the rest of your life. So um, Netflix has this thing that because you watch this, they suggest this. Um, so Forks Over Knives was in the queue next. And that movie, you know, I just told Dr. Usselston a couple weeks ago, I'm like, that movie didn't just save my life. It gave me a completely new one. And, you know, I, I can't mean that any more sincerely than that. Right. Um, I didn't know anything about this. I mean, we, we grew up in a, in a rural place, you know, I, I have, I have meat literally tattooed on my arm. We used to, oh we used God. to, um, process 300 pounds of meat sometimes in a weekend making sausage. We had a smoker. Um, you know, I grew up on a farm. That's just what we did. So, I didn't even know there was a thing like a plant-based diet. I had no clue. I, to be honest with you, I didn't even know what a vegan was. <laughs> um, so to see, you know, people can thrive on this. And I actually, as soon as that film was over, I started it over and watched it twice, like right in a row. Um, and I figured my juice fast was ending. What if I just eat what I'm putting in the juicer? Um, and so as it went on, I did, I did that. And, um, I don't, I don't really know if I actually had a goal of like 30 or 60 days, but I just started doing that. And then, you know, I read some of, uh, John McDougall's work with the starch solution and, you know, I threw some starches in there and it was just like a winning combo. And, um, I just, as I felt better, the more I did, um, and the good food kind of fueled everything and my metabolic number started coming down to the point where, you know, I was off, I ended up, you know, off all my medicines and, um, it kind of just as fast as it snowballed into that dark place, it kind of unsnowballed the same way. Wow. So during this time, now you had two kiddos and Heather, so was the whole family doing this or what, what was going on in the, the household? I think when I started, they're like, that's weird, and that's just what dad does. And you know what? The truth is, in my family growing up, my mom had her diet, and then everyone else ate, you know, quote-unquote normal food. So I think that's how it started. Yeah, I think we we would see what Tim would be eating. That was Tim's stuff. And, you know, I would try to have a salad, and we'd have still have pizza, but we would start doing veggies now instead of... You know, the pepperoni or the sausage or whatever, just because I didn't want to make him feel bad that we were eating this and he's eating that. But then it seemed like we started looking at his food like, 
We wanted his food. <laughs> yeah, they started stealing. They started stealing my food is what happened. That's awesome. So I've had a nice uh, plate of like seasoned fries, you know, wedges that came out of the oven. And they're looking at, you know, whatever, their pizza or whatever. And I turned around and my stuff is missing. But So <laughs> that's cool, though. That's wonderful. And so were there changes going on with you, Heather, physically as well? Um, I, I did start losing weight because we were eating better. And um, I was active, but I wasn't, like, doing any running or anything at the time. But when Tim started doing things and we started, you know, doing more things together. Well, I think it kind of it got – contagious to the point where um well I, I told you we went for like a, a three-quarter mile walk and I grew up hunting and fishing I love the outdoors so I bought a pair of hiking shoes which if you know anything about EDS like you you should not walk trails in the woods like that's just a no-no <laughs> but you know of course I did it anyways but you know, the one mile would turn into two, and I'd be like, Heather, you got to see this place. We lived it, We lived here for 40 years, and we didn't know. There's stuff. There's waterfalls in our backyard I've never seen before. Wow. So I think that way it was, you know, later on we called it our adventures. You know, we would go on the weekend. Where are we going for an adventure? And, you know, we were just going and just – living like just enjoying life that and it wasn't on the couch and it wasn't a movie um we were getting outside and we you know we bought snowshoes and hiking poles and backpacks and we just started enjoying life that that three-quarter mile walk you know turned into me climbing a mountain and then coming back you know from the adirondacks and and bringing my whole family there because like i wanted to show them how cool this stuff was wow so how long did it take you to make that transition you said from your first walk to you know climbing mountains well it sounds it sounds like a, a short time but there was a lot of work involved but it wasn't like crazy um so probably um i set a goal to climb a mountain in one year, which looking back, it was probably a dumb goal. Um, and it was probably very irresponsible because I honestly thought I was going to die a few times up there. <laughs> um, and I still had, um, I mean, I still, I was still over 300 and I still had like cust a custom brace on one of my legs, um, a fancy one. Um, so, you know, I, I wasn't a hundred percent by any means, but I had promised myself that I wanted to climb this this mountain called Big Slide Mountain in the Adirondacks, and um, it took forever. And like I say, coming back, I thought I was going to die. But by the time I got back home, I was like, I just like saw impossible become possible, like right before my eyes. Wow. Like this is not what an EDS patient is supposed to do, much less a 400 pound one. It was crazy. So in the first year, did you lose 100 pounds in? Yeah, the first year uh, weight weight came off super fast, and and I'm still working. I still I still have more weight to lose, but uh, um, the biggest changes came in that first year. And you know, you start you you start. You're I'm on the way home, and I'm thinking, well, if I did that, you know, wonder wonder if I could do a tough mutter. Like, I wonder if we could do that. So we got the family together, and our walk started turning into a little jogging and. Um, Probably one of the coolest things that ever happened to me was uh, Heather and I finished the 
a race called the Grace Race 5K, and it was like people thought that something happened at the finish line because we were sobbing. I mean, we were sobbing like hysterically uh, when we hit the finish line because it was just it was like the coolest day of my life. Wow. I'm start crying now. <laughs> and then um, we figured if we could do that, so we signed up for a 10K. Um, and then she kind of drew the line after a 10K. She said, that's it, I'm done. And this 10K is far enough. But I thought if I could do a 10K, I wonder if I could get a half marathon done. And the cool thing, um, I had a legal um, handicap parking sticker. It was still valid. It was still legal. So technically, I could have parked in a handicap spot when I ran my first half. <laughs> and um, I want, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be hard. So I took a picture of her mom and my dad and um, my family. And then I put a picture of my friend was struggling with uh, thyroid cancer. Mm. And I taped them all to the back of this handicap parking pass. And I put that around my waist. And... Uh, I carried that 13.1 miles to the finish, so That's it was awesome. pretty cool. So they were there with you the whole yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So, Heather, you, you drew the line at the 10K. You're like, enough is enough. But I, I heard you pushed further recently. Is that true? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I like the 5Ks. The 10K seemed so rough. And um, we went back to the 5Ks, and I don't know. We were just talking, and I don't even know how it came up, and I think I just decided I was going to, I liked running, and I, he had the done marathon. the Buffalo, he had done the Buffalo Marathon. The full, but full. I, she helped me with it, and I think that's where that came from. Okay. And we were talking, and I said, well, I have a problem where I like to run fast, and then I tire myself out. I said, well, if you're going to pace me, if I can listen to you then I'll try to do the half. So I let him pace me, <laughs> and I was able to complete my first half just that, recently here. That is wonderful. Congratulations. That is such an accomplishment. Thank you. You bet. So now you two are changing your diet and you're exercising together. What are your two kids doing? Well, our son is um, 22, and he doesn't live at home anymore. Um but he did tell me today that he has, you know, changed, his diet had changed, but then, you know, he moved out, so he does his own thing, and today he did say that he, um, has been eating a lot of vegetables, and he lost some weight, and he is back and started up running again, and so that was really so good to hear today, meat. and he hasn't had meat in a long, in a long time, so That's I was awesome. happy to hear that and he's been buying lots of vegetables and I said well that's very good <laughs> um our daughter she's she lives at home so and she's 19 and she eats pretty much what's ever here um you know but she's in college and her friends go out and you know sometimes she goes out to eat <laughs> with them um she, She's pretty good about what she eats, you know, but she still has her things every once in a while here, but she's she's probably ninety five percent plant based. Yeah. 
Um, but she does like the, I'll call it vegan junk food. She'll get the, you know, the soy ice cream and, and things like that. Right. So you guys were, your kiddos were around 18 or 16, 15 when you guys transitioned or started your journey this way? Yeah, they were both in high school. In fact, Carolyn was probably just starting high school. My son, when my son graduated, I had hit the max. Like I, like it was the biggest I had gotten when he graduated and my daughter is how many years behind? three ish yeah <laughs> yeah so my daughter my my daughter Sorry. would have been in 10th grade when he graduated so gotcha. we had yeah she had three years in high school my son had graduated that i mean that's a tough age mine were uh, 13 16 and 18 when we literally overnight changed so i i understand those challenges so so at this time, so you guys are making huge strides and feeling great. What are your other extended family and friends saying? Because I know sometimes those can be a source of struggle. Well, I mean, I think for me, because people knew where I was, um, they knew I was out of breath, like, all the time, and they saw, like, the transformation before their eyes, it will be pretty hard to um, – you know, argue with that. Um, but the cool thing is like, you know, some of the, some of the things that people have joined in, like the tough mutter, you know, we kind of did that as a family, um, which was super cool. And so definitely, I think our extended family is definitely eating more healthy. I wouldn't say they're all plant-based, but they're, they're striving. And, you know, and the other cool thing is how their sister, um, and I, I saw like I saw this thing that people actually ride a bicycle a hundred miles, and I thought that was nuts. And I hadn't been on a bicycle since I was a kid, so um, I I bought a bike, and before it actually got delivered, I signed me and her sister up for a hundred mile bike ride. So we had eight weeks to train. So me and Katie, I call her my pedal and pal. Um, we started riding and riding and riding and we really enjoyed it. And I think it's a great mix with the running. And so we've done a, a century. We did a metric in, in the hills, um, a couple months ago. So yeah, it kind of spreads out, you know, that's awesome. So you're, you're having great ripple effects with everything that's changing. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope it's just by people seeing what we do instead of like being in people's face. And basically my idea is to have a life that people wonder what they're missing out on. Cause that's the truth is if you could show someone what's on the other side, you know, everybody would come, but you have to be careful because you don't want to, you know, stomp on people either. What do you mean by stomp on people either? Well, you know, if I see somebody like pounding down, like I'll, this happens all the time, you know, somebody will be complaining about, you know, their asthma or allergies and, you know, they're pounding down chicken wing dip and cheese. And you want to say, yeah, you know, if you cut the dairy out, you won't have those problems. But <laughs> at the same time, they know where you stand. They know your opinion and you don't want to like, you know, cram it down their throat. So you're kind. I, I tend to be more of the stuff it down your throat type. Um, I just say it's the doctor and yes, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what are your current goals now for the both of you? So, I mean, you've come so far and I've, you know, I was reading on your website and goal setting and shift in your mindset. So tell me, what are the goals for both of you now? Well, I don't know if, uh, this is, this is actually the first 
Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah, you can talk. You don't have to write. Heather will tell you, one of the goals that I had uh, for a long time, I'm going to let Heather tell you about it. Um, I, once I started climbing the Adirondacks, I found out, um, you know, we're not as fortunate to be in Colorado, but on the East Coast, we have some cool mountains. And I looked for the biggest mountain um, up here where we live, kind of, and it turns out it's Mount Washington. And I told Heather, you know what? I want to climb that thing. And I'll let her tell you the story behind that. Well, he told me that for his birthday this this year, he had wanted to climb Mount Washington. And I thought, okay, well, I'll go. You know, that'll be great. You can do that. I had climbed a couple other mountains with Tim, smaller ones. And I figured, well, you can go ahead. You do that. And I'll stay in town and I'll do shopping. So... I happened to start thinking about it. I thought, well, you know, it's going to take him a while. I don't know if I'll really, I don't know what I'll do all day by myself, but I thought, <coughs> I just had started thinking maybe I could do it with him. And I thought, nah, then, nah, let him do that. And then it came, I came back to it again, and I, so I said to him, well, what do you think? Do you think that I'd be able to climb that with you? And so... We started out just um, doing hikes here and there around the area, and then you had said that I could, you thought that I'd be able to do it. Yeah, so we ended up uh, setting out together. We went to New Hampshire and kind of made like a little vacation out of it. Um, and, you know, I couldn't help but think we're standing up there over 6,000 feet, and we're looking down at the clouds, and we took a little break when we hit the summit cone. And I don't know what like what made me think of this, but she stood up, and I was helping put her backpack on, and I couldn't help but think, you know, it wasn't too long ago she was putting my socks and shoes on, and here we are standing above the clouds, and I'm putting her backpack on her. And it was just, cool. it was magical. <laughs> what a transformation! That is awesome. Yeah. So now, I guess we haven't really talked about this to anyone yet, um, but we're, um, we actually booked a room for a few nights to Leadville, and we're going to go try to do that crazy Leadville heavy half. Really? When yeah. is that? That is in June 17th, that weekend. So of, of next year? Yes. That is awesome. Well, maybe I'll come up here and hang out <laughs> with you guys. I'll be I, in, I'll be in Florida, but I could I can always come up. Leadville's a couple hours away from me. Yeah, I heard rumors um, through that big change of the film that that I'm gonna be in. Um, there's like an alumni group now because Jason does a weekly uh, podcast, and um, he's trying to get as many of his podcast people up there. And I think he's out like 3,500 pounds. Uh, combined weight lost in, yeah. in the podcast he's been doing. So it's exciting, and I hope they're going to film up there for us, and it'll be really cool. That is wonderful. So are you guys coming in a little bit earlier to acclimatize a bit, or are you just going to go straight up? Yeah, they say there's two options, either fly in and race before <laughs> it actually affects you, or stay a couple days. And um, I would love to, to be up there, you know, a day or two before and, Absolutely. It's a gorgeous place. You guys, before you know it, you're going to be doing the Leadville 100, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
You know, I honestly, I have my heart set on an Ironman, um, and I just started learning how to swim a few weeks ago. So I would love to do the Lake Lake Placid. Has uh, they just started this year an Ironman seventy point three, and that will be like my ultimate dream. So that's I'm, awesome. And another cool thing is we're doing. Um, in fact, in two weeks, my daughter and my sister in laws are. We're all going to meet down and do a 5K and a half, and it's going to be cool, too. So That is that is amazing. I mean, there's just so many good things coming out of this. I mean, there's so many people whose lives are being changed and you're being a part of. So tell me a little bit about this documentary that your friend is making. Um, well, he wasn't my friend before, but he is oh. now. Um, super cool guy. Uh, Jason Cohen, um, he's a photographer down in Louisiana, and he does, like, uh, small films for um, – commercials in that um he came up with this idea when he was on his bike trainer he's flipping through netflix and there's a lot of really cool like plant-based you know fed up and forks over knives and all that um but he said he wanted he saw this vision of a film that's for inspiration like strictly if someone can do this then you can too and changes out there for anyone um so he found josh lajani um, who is a plant-based warrior out in Louisiana. And he spent a few days with him and they filmed him and, you know, kind of followed him through. So Jason's goal is to have four people to do this film on. And so I'm the second one. They flew up here this summer. It was super cool. It, you know, even they chased us around with a drone while we were hiking and running trail running. And we got to chase the drone on our bikes, me and her sister. So it was super cool. And then, you know, they just basically filmed, filmed us, you know, cooking food and just, just enjoying life. Um, so, and he himself, Jason is a super cool guy. He lost 120 pounds and he's plant-based now too. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, here you were four years ago, could hardly breathe, and now you're you're going to be an inspirational film in a documentary. I mean, do you look back and just like, how did this happen? Like, it's just like, wow. Yeah, well, I've been very blessed, um, you know, big time. And, you know, I don't believe in coincidence. But, Absolutely. you know, the thing is, what what my goal now, you know, it's cool to have all these, like, you know, athletic goals and stuff, but... You know, the thing that makes me the most happy, you know, aside from getting my marriage totally, you know, revitalized through this. But, you know, that the doctor that I told you denied me for uh, surgery, he has a new kind of a rule in his practice. And uh, this is the coolest thing ever. When someone goes in to get the papers, the same papers that I tried to get signed, um, he gives them my cell number and they have to wait 60 days until they talk to me. And, you know, some of them, some of them will get my number. I'll talk to them and, you know, I, I won't hear from them. But this one guy, um, I was doing a presentation at VegFest Buffalo and I, I wanted to talk to him. And I said, look, I'm just leaving. And the guy shows up, same kind of area, you know, demographics that I'm from. He was big hunter, you know, a charter guy. And. He came out and heard my talk, and afterwards he said, you know, you just described me to the T. Long story short, um, I met him um, maybe seven weeks ago. 
And in seven weeks, I literally, I didn't spend much time with the guy. We had him over for dinner. I had him over for burger and fries, you know, veggie burgers and potato wedges. And we talked for a while. I gave him a copy of the Start Solution. And I actually gave my doctor the last co- copy I had of Forks Over Knives. So I told him, watch this film and then get back to me. Um, and he went crazy. Like he was just, he's, you know, texting me pictures of his food all the time. <laughs> and literally in seven weeks, the doctor thought that there was a mistake. He just had a checkup last week. The doctor thought there was a mistake in his records. Um, crazy. I mean, his triglycerides were over 400 and they cut in half in seven oh, weeks. It's amazing. Yeah. And like, he's, he's so far away from being a candidate for the surgery. Now it's not even funny, but that kind of stuff makes me so much more happy than any medals or newspaper articles or whatever. I just, I love, you know, showing people how easy this is. There's, I told, you know, that's how we started. There's nothing special about what I did. I look back and see this huge change, but it wasn't a huge change. It wasn't about me, you know, sitting on the couch saying, Hey dude, go, go run a 5k. No, it was just about, you know, my, my little slogan on, on my page is eat plants and move your body. All you got to do is a little more than you did yesterday. And it's, it's really, it's honestly that simple. It's powerful. I'm, you know, as a doc who does this, and I've been doing this for going on five years now, for me, that is the addicting part of this is helping others and seeing their change. I mean, I call it veggie crack. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's insane to me how fun it is to, instead of, you know, prescribing medications and, you know, hearing people complain about the side effects of medications, their blood pressure is still not controlled and on and on and on. You tell them this and within days they've reversed, you know, diabetes they've had for years. And, uh, I completely understand what you're saying. It's, uh, it just makes you want to go after more and more. So it's, it's, uh, it is, it is highly addictive. That is awesome. So now the both of you have, have come this far and, your your life has changed. You've affecting other people. So, what would be the advice that you would give to either couples or families who want to make this transition if they're hearing this for the first time? Um, I think um, I think it's overwhelming when you first see, especially like you know, to see even from me, like to see a before and after. I hate saying after before and during picture of me. Um, it's unattainable. You know, it just seems, it seems so far. And I think that's why people quit. Um, I think diets themselves are temporary, but if you can just start incorporating, I know, I know there's like two schools of thought on this. Some people think you should just flip the switch and go plant-based. But for me, if I can get someone to just start incorporating more vegetables in their diet, I think people really need to know that they eat, I hate saying this word, but they eat a vegan diet. They just don't know it. I mean, there's so many things you eat that are vegan. If if somebody's eating an apple and I say, dude, that apple's vegan, they'll like spit it out. But they don't realize how much food that they eat. They just need to eat more of it. So, um, you know, if you're going to have mashed potatoes and whatever, you know, mixed veggies and a chunk of steak, just have more potatoes and more veggies and skip the state. It's not, this is not rocket science, right? It's not rocket science. People think it's so restrictive, but the truth is, I mean, the only thing you really got to take out of your diet is the meat and the dairy and, and the processed stuff. And it's not that big of a deal. It sounds like a big deal, but it's really not when you see the kind of food. It's, it's, I think what happens is we get these stereotypes of what we think plant-based people or vegan people are. 
that, you know, we munch on spinach leaves all day. I eat more food now than I ever have in my life. I eat more hearty food than I ever did. And I think, like I'm not a doctor, so maybe you can help me out on this. I think that the reason why I could eat three double cheeseburgers from McDonald's and be hungry a half an hour later is because my body was starving for nutrients mm -hmm. and not calories. Right. And I think when you flip that and you eat nutrient-dense food, mm -hmm. um, you're not as hungry, you know? And right. There's a, there's a few things that go along with that, but it certainly has a lot to do with the micronutrient content. And then, you know, you're stretching your stomach with fiber and slows down the digestion and keeps you fuller a little longer. And so there's many things that go with that. That's absolutely true. So Heather is the wife of someone who did this. And, you know, moms, I'm still working a full-time job and drive 90 miles round trip. I still cook and I still do all the grocery shopping. So what would you tell a busy mom or a wife? What, what advice would you do to help incorporate this into their lives? Um, if you can work together, I think that's the best thing. Um, and it, it's it's not that hard. Tim actually does all the cooking, <sighs> which is wonderful. Because oh, wow. I never liked cooking to begin with, and I'm not good at it. So um, I guess if you can find out who's better at cooking, and, um, you know, even if it is is the husband, it's, it's great. It helps you. And... You know, we also shop together, and, um, <clears throat> you know, your actually our grocery bill isn't that expensive. I, I think we, we save more money by the way we eat now Definitely. than the way we did before, and our food's way more delicious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of saving money, so I had... I have three kids at the time at home when we switched over. My, my bill dropped $400 a month, and... Wow teenage boys i i don't seriously don't know where they put all their food it's <laughs> i am in i'm impressed i really am my youngest just turned 18 yesterday and i was like wow this, the amount of food you know working together i think is awesome but have you guys run across anyone who maybe struggled and want to make this change and their spouse was like i don't want any part of this or anything like that or would you have any advice for those type of folks um, yeah, and I'm, I'm not purposely plugging my blog here, but I wrote, um, I got so many people asking this question, um, and basically using it for an excuse that I wrote a post on it. Um, and this is a little different perspective than maybe, and it, this sounds very harsh, but the truth is everyone will, let, I shouldn't say everyone. There are people that look at me and Heather and say, you guys are lucky. You have each other. And that's how you did it. And the truth is that nothing could be further from the truth. Um, yeah, we have twice as many chances to be successful. But at the same time, we have twice as many chances to fail. It works both ways. And I'm not being mean at all. And I'm not disrespecting my wife when I say this. But I think she'll agree. At 400 pounds, um, sitting on the couch watching TV every single night, she was my partner. She was my teammate. We did it together. Um, now, losing over 250 pounds between the both of us, we run races together, and she's my partner, she's my teammate, and we do it together. So it, it honestly, um, it works both ways. And here's the thing. This morning we get up. Um, if I don't want to go for a run and she does, I can, have, I can manipulate her and talk her out of the run. 
you know, and that works both ways. So uh, the short of it is you have twice as many chances to succeed, but twice as many chances to fail. So this is the way I look at it. And this is the harsh part. Um, when I wrote this blog post, I said, I picture it like I'm on a bus and I'm not getting off that bus until I get to my destination, but it's going to have a lot of stops in between. And if Heather's on the bus, great. If my family's on the bus, great. If my friends are on the bus, great. And they might get off the bus, but I'm staying on. And I think we have to have individual accountability for what we put in our bodies and what we do with our bodies. And I think that sometimes our spouse can just be a giant excuse. You know, that's a really great perspective, actually, because, you know, as a, a doc who did this, I, I lit. I was working when I transitioned to a diet um, in Rifle, Colorado. So imagine my clientele living in Rifle, Colorado. So <laughs> literally hunters and, you know, people who owned ranches and farmers. And so I had all sorts of folks, but you come in for a bladder infection, you're leaving with the handout on a plant-based diet. And yeah. I hear that same thing was, well, you know, my spouse doesn't want to, so I can't do this. And so I was finding I'm always looking for people if they have a solution or an answer for those type of individuals because it's, it's an excuse that I hear often as well. And I think seeing that as an excuse and calling them out on it, you know, it's, I consider it's tough love. You know, you're, you're not going to allow your, your teenager to, to do something without saying something even though you love them dearly, but you're still going to say, hey, own up to this is your responsibility. And I think that's great. Um, we need more of that. The truth is Heather never switched to a plant-based diet with me. Um, mm. Like when we talked about the, you know, her and the kids stealing food off my plate, um, it can happen. And, and I think whoever, whichever spouse it is, has to stand up and, and take the reins and be a leader. And I think eventually when you see the results, you'll hop on board. Yeah. You know, and I started a lifestyle medicine clinic in a, another city down the road earlier in January, and that's it. That is a overwhelming consensus. So what will happen is, they go home. I'm doing this. They're working with a group of people, and by the end of our 15 week program, I would say 90 percent of the spouses had converted over. And uh, right. it's, it's just being the example you want others to see, and it's um, very, very powerful. Yeah. So, on your website, which is Rants, right, dot com. Correct. And that's where they can find you. And you have the motto, tell us your motto. It's eat plants and move your body. All you got to do is a little more than you did yesterday. I think that's awesome. And so they can find you at fatmanrants.com. And where else can they reach out to you if people have questions or want to follow you and what you're doing? Um. So... <laughs> Now, like food to me is not a big deal, but it seems like everyone that wants to transition, their food is like their hang up. Because um, I'll take a picture of all this produce, we'll fill up our whole table with it, and like, look what I got for a hundred bucks or whatever. And they're like, great, what do I do with 25 pounds of carrots? So, <laughs> what I started doing, I actually started making videos of me cooking, and I found out with editing and stuff, it was just killing my time. So, um, I started an Instagram account, fatmanrants.com. So basically, pretty much almost every day I post something like food-wise on there. Um, so if people want to look at my food, it would be on Instagram. Um, and, but I spend most of my time on Facebook on my page, which is also fatmanrants.com. 
my public page. Um, and then, you know, for people that actually really want to get going and are serious, um, they could shoot me a friend request just, you know, on my, my personal page too. You're willing to help others if they reach out to you. I think that's so noble. And I, I want to, before I let you guys go, I just really wanted to say thank you and acknowledge you for everything you guys are doing and sharing your story. Cause a lot of people could not do that and uh, just kind of hold it in upon themselves. But I, I think it speaks volumes of your character and who you are as individuals and as a couple. And I just really want to thank you again for your time and, and sharing your story. And thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you.